Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. What up, what up? It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you joining us for the next three hours. We want to hear from you, as always, on the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. Speaking of phones, Boss Man just came in here to grab his. And we were all wondering if we should just take a picture and set it as his background. I would have loved to have done that. I don't know if Fiddy would have gotten crazy with it, but I would have loved for all three of us to just go ahead and set a background pick for the boss. And maybe he would have loved it. I don't know. It would have been dicey. But that's the kind of thing I wanted to do before he came in and got the phone. <laughs> we could have done some kind of pose or whatever. Yeah. I think Fiddy would probably go to the extreme with anything, especially <laughs> something like that. So I would be a little bit worried of what he might find. He's been lifting his shirt up a lot lately during the Fiddy yeah. flashes. I didn't know if that was going to happen during the phone. So or if we would have had the actual phone take a picture or whatever. So I don't know if we're going to see any of uh, Fiddy's chest today, but we might when we go to some Fiddy flashes. We'll be doing that at really the bottom of each hour. We have a lot to get to. Caleb Love, about he... Uh, um, him decommitting from Michigan. And so now he is in the portal once again. We'll also get to some Carolina Panthers observations from OTAs. We'll actually compare the two professional franchises alongside Charlotte FC, who is off and rolling right now. They're doing an excellent job after another victory yesterday. But we're going to compare Carolina after their first overall selection to the Charlotte Hornets and how well they're set up with their impending second overall selection. And then we have... I think we only have, if I'm not mistaken, Wes, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I really think we only have two more editions of Undrafted My Name Is. It's getting slim pickings out here. I think we got maybe one today, one tomorrow. Do we have anybody else to go with? or Not many, man, but I'm uh, sure those guys will really appreciate it. Yeah, they will. And so maybe we can send it. Fiddy, can you send this to uh, some of the guys that we'll be talking about today? Perhaps people know these guys we'll be talking about as far as undrafted players go. Well, they know they're dads they will know the dads there's a little teaser so we can send it to them <laughs> all right let's go ahead and pull up to the scene talk about the nba draft bus driver fitty open up the doors we look good getting off the bus i got something to say Damn! Let's get to the second uh, soundbite listed here by Mitch Kupchak because this is something we should have got to yesterday. And I was just trying to convince everybody that Scoot Henderson was the pick, but it didn't seem like Mitch Kupchak was really doing that during the post lottery media availability. Here's Mitch Kupchak when asked by Nick Carboni, by the way, if he would consider drafting another guard with LaMelo Ball's presence on the team. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, <laughs> I love it. You know, we're, we're getting a little bit more advanced in putting this team together. You know, I think three years ago or even two years ago, I would have said without question that we're going to take the best available player. And that, that's been, you know, our position for the last three or four years when you're trying to accumulate talent. And, you know, I don't think we're where we need to be 
from a talent level, but we've got a lot more talent now than we did two or three years ago. So I think we can be a little bit picky, uh, you know, and take into consideration, you know, not only the overall talent, but also the position. I could see us taking Scoot Henderson. Um, <laughs> you know, I could see us taking uh, Brandon Miller, uh, Scoot, Miller time. I, I like Miller. Uh, Miller's a good beer. <laughs> I, I could use one right now during this media availability. Mitch Kupchak telling you that he would consider taking another guard, but now he's kind of floating towards the direction of drafting if the talent is in the same tier, going with a different position. Wes, I don't love this answer, to be honest with you. Mitch Kupchak is not the best at press availability. Some of the problems are that, well, he's a little too honest, and he'll let you know what he's thinking. But also, we've seen him mostly go for talent. There's actually been hilarious comments from him before discussing the lack of talent on this roster. But right now, at number two overall, when you are this high in the draft, you have a real opportunity to make a big-time impact selection. So get the most talented dude possible. It doesn't matter if you have LaMelo. This is a team that has not reached the conference finals. I go back and, oh, history. <laughs> They've never made the conference finals. Yeah. You got to get all the talent in the world. You don't have to draw well. We don't really have a three that fits that prototypical 6'8 guy that can put the ball on the floor. Nah, man, you get a guard if that is the best player available. And I do think that will be the case once Wimby is off the board at number one overall. What did you make of the comment from Mitch Kupchak? Well, I liked how you took his comments and leaned them towards what it is that you want because we know how much well, they were, you want. Well, they were pre pretty clearly a question designed towards Scoot, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And I do want him to draft Scoot. You're yeah. not wrong about that. Uh, no doubt. I mean, what Mitch Kupchak, I think, too, you know, you have to factor in the that he comes from building teams like the traditional way he's been around forever when he built the Lakers. I mean, that was as prototypical of a starting lineup as you could get when you went to position basketball, what that was back then. And I think he probably still lives by that creed. And MJ, the owner, still lives by uh, that creed, I'm sure, as well. And them getting used to the new way of NBA basketball. So I think it, it, it would take some time and convincing to wrap uh, their mind around having two quote-unquote point guards in the backcourt. And I think a lot of people, if they do draft him, that's going to be the main question until we see them actually play together. How worried are you about that fit? Because so many people are saying there's a better fit with Brandon Miller. And I actually, look, I, I'm not even just saying this because I think Scoot is the better player. I love the fit of both LaMelo and Scoot in the backcourt. And I know it's hard to think about that when you're talking about someone that you put on the wing. You have Mark Williams as your center of the future. So you do, okay, backcourt, three front court player like Mark Williams, it's all a nice little neatly put together puzzle. But you can also do that with Scoot and LaMelo and just be crazy explosive and have a fantastic one-two guard punch where you also have some height with LaMelo and some dog and Scoot. I think Scoot is a very good fit, but are you worried a little bit about having maybe two point guards in the backcourt for Charlotte? I think it just depends because I read Scoot's comments and he said he felt like he can fit in anywhere, which of course that's what he will say because he wants to be drafted number two, I'm sure. And he said that he felt like that him and LaMelo could fit and how he can play off the ball and things of that nature. I don't think at the end of the day, especially the way the game is played today, I think that Coach Clifford is smart enough to understand how to play these guys. But I think with the way the, the game is played today, they could figure it out. 
And I think at the pace that the Hornets play, I mean, whomever gets the ball, uh, they could run the break, lead the break. Now, the question would be with Melo, the highlight man, would he get a little bit perturbed sometimes if he's not getting the ball on breaks and being able to do what he can do as often as he'd like to do it? So that would be the question because you're talking about two young, flashy guards. So it could develop into some issues. We know with athletes, there's always ego that's going to be lurking somewhere. But if I had to just to a man today, I think they could do it. So I love the relationship part of this, too. Like, I I do find that fascinating because so many people have this outside perception about who LaMelo Ball is as a guy. It's why they try to put LaMelo Ball in L.A. They try to bring him out of the city of Charlotte when really LaMelo hasn't given too much indication. We had one comment recently where he basically said, you don't know what the future holds. I do think that is just honestly some good pressure for this front office to do everything they can to keep LaMelo and put the right talent around him. And also, I think that would mean not trading the second overall pick and also taking Scoot, right? Like, that's the guy I'm going to be wanting, but also just bringing in as much talent as possible. The fact that LaMelo has been a very chill guy, it's not like this is someone that starts drama. I know they see the flashy fluorescent Lamborghini and the ensemble that he wears to the press conference. He's got a flashy personality, but it's not a headache personality. Steve Clifford has only talked glowingly, if we want to do the fluorescent vibe here, Mm -hmm. has only talked glowingly about LaMelo. There is no problem that the coaches have with him. It's been two guys now, right? James Borrego and Steve Clifford, especially Steve, who have talked about the work ethic. Mitch Kupchak, the first story we ever heard, right? It's about how they go out to dinner the night they draft him or one of the nights that, you know, soon after they draft him. They're eating dinner, and it's like, what, 10, 30, 11 at night? And LaMelo's like, hey, is there any gym that we could go to and I could put some shots up? And they're like, yeah, you know, we can work that out. So they found a gym, and LaMelo was there for a couple of hours. Dude loves to be in the gym. It's funny. He doesn't love watching basketball, but he loves playing it. Loves it. So if LaMelo is here as a chill guy, as your star player, Scoot comes in clearly willing to play with anyone. We know that LaMelo has played well on the floor with Dennis Smith Jr., with Terry Rozier, who's also a guard, by the way. Like, we think LaMelo can't be effective with some other guard out there on the floor. Well, Terry was out there. And Scoot is projected to be a much better player than Terry Rozier is. So why are we having all this problem about Scoot and LaMelo being in the backcourt at the same time? doesn't make much sense to me. And I think both of these guys would be able to work together not only as a basketball fit, but also their personalities, I think, would drive each other to be better and play well together. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you in those aspects as well. I think just a lot of people still think in the construct of the way the game used to be, where you had a yeah. traditional size point guard and he played that and a two guard and a small forward and so on and so forth. And I think especially the presence of of Mark Williams kind of adds to that with him being more of the traditional center from yesteryear. So I feel people just kind of are plugging everybody into traditional box. You, you look at the bodies and it makes sense. No, I, I get it, right? Like if you were to glance for a second, like if you had a literal maybe let's go two seconds staring at each body, you're like, oh, okay, Brandon Miller. Yeah, I'll, I'll take him on the Charlotte Hornets. But watching him play, I, I implore you guys to go watch Scoot Henderson highlights and then start salivating at what he could bring. Brandon Miller is a great player, too. Like, I, you know, I'm probably going to be pitching, pigeonholing us into us being disappointed if Brandon, at least me, if Brandon is the eventual selection. I don't want to do that. 
but it's just, I know what I want right now. That's just how it is. <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> it's not that simple. What do you want? I want Scoot, Ryan. I, I want Scoot. That's what I want right now. What you got, Fiddy? That was a notebook reference. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Terrible movie. Great book. I like the reference, oh, though. All right. Thank you very much. What's funny is Fiddy slid the mic over in slow motion, and he was thinking, where's that reference from? And then it clicked, and no, it was a nice euphoria moment. I just wanted to make sure we were going to the same movie. Like, yeah. Because you don't strike me as a notebook kind of guy. Well, I, it's not like I watch it in my free time, but I know the reference. Wes, you seen the notebook? I have. What you think about it? I think it was a great movie. I think your great. opinion's really bad. Great movie. You said what's really I bad? Think his opinion's really bad. Well, movie. Okay, oh. that's what makes you you and me me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's my opinion. Exactly. All right, it's Wesson Walker off and rolling. I would like to compare the Carolina Panthers' future and the Charlotte Hornets' future. Panthers get the number one pick. The Hornets get the number two pick. How can they build around the talented pieces currently on the roster? That's coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Back to Wes and Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Let's go to the Garage Door Guru text line. Oh. 704-570-9610. Since 2001, their skills, hard work, and customer service have made the Garage Door Guru the number one garage door company to call in the Charlotte area. TFB wrote in, you don't get, quote, picky. Or draft for position in the top three. You take the top guy on the board. Drafting for need is exactly what Golden State did with James Wiseman. Look how that worked out for Golden State. Jay from Mount Holly wrote, completely agree. Take the best player available. Some are saying Scoot is the next Kyrie Irving, or at least that talented. Nada was on these airwaves yesterday. Nada Edwards of the Ion College Basketball Podcast. Exactly what he talked about. Conspiracy King said, Scoot's not a point guard. He's a score. And 252... He had some nice things to say. Appreciate you. Wesson Walker, the best Hornets coverage in the Carolinas. Can you guys comment on Paul B. and Cardi's comments, preferring Brandon Miller, and based on his comments on Kyle Bailey's show, which you can go check out on WFNZ.com, this interview, Paul B. and Cardi favors Brandon Miller by a lot. Yeah, there's going to be guys that do favor Brandon. Wes, you were talking about some of the mock drafts you looked at yesterday, mm -hmm. and I think Twitter is mostly on board with Scoot. But a Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN, he said right now, slight edge does go to Brandon Miller. Paul Biancardi saying that he thinks Miller is the better player right now and that the Hornets should select him second overall. If you had to guess, not who do you want them to take, but if you had to guess who you think Charlotte would take right now, still a decent ways to go, so you don't have to do the 10 toes down thing. Okay. Maybe we can bring the toes meter back on who the Hornets are going to okay. take at number one overall. But where are you right now? on who the Hornets will take number two. I think it's going to be Brandon Miller. The more I see about him when you talk about the Paul George comparisons for him, the chance to have a 6'8", two-way guy that can shoot the three, shooting at a 38% clip in college, I think the Hornets might feel like that may be too much to pass up uh, as well when you talk about what's in the NBA right now. You look at the Final Four, and there's always a bigger guy on the wing that's dominating, whether you talk about Jason Tatum or um, Jimmy Butler or LeBron James or any of those guys. I think 
that's always kind of been what's been a key piece to a lot of the puzzles. We talk about the Kevin Durant's with with Steph Curry, even though a lot of people brand Curry as the catalyst for championships, but he needed KD out there on that wing to get two of those. And I think without him, they probably would not have gotten it. So I feel like the Hornets may lean that way. It's possible, for sure. Ron the Plumber wrote in, which one do you have covering the best player on the other team, Scoot or LaMelo on defense, as far as the shooting guard or point guard of the other team? Yeah, if you're just strictly talking backcourt player, then, man, you might have Scoot right now. I mean, LaMelo's got a lot of work to do on that end. I love LaMelo, right? But we can call it what it is. Defensively, I don't think it's a lack of effort with him. The guy just roams. Like, he just kind of does what he wants to. He's like, all right, I'm going to go get this basketball. And sometimes it works, and it leads to transition opportunities. I think Steve Clifford, he's the one that complimented LaMelo as the season went on when, you know, he was in and out of the lineup because of injuries, that LaMelo got better. But there's still some work to do. I wonder... I mean, Dennis Smith Jr., when he's out there, he's going to be that guy taking on the best backcourt player. P.J. Washington and, and you know, whoever is that three, those are going to be the players guarding the best uh, uh, opponent. And even P.J. has been on guards before, too. So P.J. is going to be a guy they use quite a bit. D.J. Skinner wrote in, good Lord, Walker. We had the pick for two damn days, and you sound like a guy who was smitten as hell. <laughs> it's so yeah. true. I can't even front like I am. Like, Scoot Henderson is the guy... For me, I, I'm sorry. We had the whole who would you be starstruck by? Maybe it's Scoot. I'm sorry. Dude, dude, your eyes do light up like mine do when I'm in the Krispy Kreme drive through I got over Wimby quickly because I can't live in the past. Look, I do a Hornets podcast daily. I'm sorry. During the off season, okay? Like we are still doing daily stuff. I choose happiness for my life. I choose sanity. And I'm going to choose to be excited about whoever they can take it to. I guess, unless it's Scoot, and then I'm going to talk myself into Brandon Miller if he's the name on the card. Maybe we got to bring him on. How did Doug react live during the lottery? It's funny. Usually, I am the radio professional, and Doug calls himself too dangerous for radio. We absolutely flipped. I was watching. It's I don't know what it is about the lottery and the draft. I let my real emotion show. And it is it is not professional, which might even be more entertaining because we can go back to the infamous tantrum I had when they traded SGA after having him on the team for five minutes. And it's not like I threw a tantrum. It's not like anybody it's you don't have any control over it unless for you rigged conspiracy theorists out there. But I saw the Hornets logo and I was like, and Doug was just talking. He's like, okay, Scoot, still a very good player. And I'm just sitting there moaning in the background out of pain. Like I'm hurting. I'm, 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 I'm in a tough situation. Can you reenact it? No, I'm not going to. As soon as I said moaning, I knew that was going to be a problem. Uh, I could see Clifford. I could see Clifford also wanting to lean that way too with the versatility because they talk about how Brandon Miller can guard the one through four. And I feel like that. Coach Clifford's calling card is defense, and he may like that more. But but I will say with Steve, he wants the attitude. I don't think there's any doubt. If you're talking about just sheer personality, I think Steve Clifford would love to have Scoot Henderson on the floor. I think that's the kind of rookie. If you're just talking about tenacity, if you need someone with a 110% motor all the time, doesn't let up, makes smart decisions with the basketball in his hands. You know, Steve Clifford's offenses have always been crazy low turnover. And that that was the problem, right? We thought, okay, are you going to slow this thing down in the half court, not turn the ball over, and then just have that sacrifice the speed and the pace, which is what you want to play with LaMelo? 
But in, but that didn't happen, right? Like, as soon as he came over with LaMelo, they were able to run this thing quite a bit. But Scoot, man, I, I think that could really work. I think you would love the attitude there. You're making a weird face at the computer screen. What do you see? Yeah, I mean, I'm watching Brandon Miller highlights, and you guys talk about how he's not athletic, but I've seen him catch four bodies in these last four clips, and it's pretty disgusting. But he's also tall. Like, for me, the athleticism goes f- more so towards him not gaining separation. Are you just doing film right now? Are you? Uh, yeah, I'm just watching clips as we talk about these guys, man, and I'm just I'm just checking them out. I watched them during the season as well, man. But the jump shot is definitely wet. But uh, I mean, he's not super explosive. The first step isn't blinding, but as far as just the explosiveness for him to get up and dunk on four guys, and they were pretty nasty dunks on people. Yeah, yeah he he can dunk. I just needed, but but also on people. No, I know, but the thing about it is, how much is he getting by the guys? This, this is the thing. I've talked about it. Breaking guys down off of the dribble, NBA defenders, is he going to be able to get by those players like he can at the SEC level? If you look at a couple of the highlight videos that you first see on YouTube, remember, a lot of those games are against Longwood. Right, who's on wor- the schedule. He is working his angle, isn't he, uh, Fitty? I'm telling you my observation. I'm everything, telling you my everything we said about Brandon Miller, boy, he got a counter. Here's the thing, Wes. You and I are boys. We're tight. I'm with Walker when it comes I to him. It, I but watched he's just him. working his angle, though. I, I think the thing I'm is, working the is right that, angle is like, what I'm doing. 90 like, degrees, baby. I mean, I, I watched him in the SEC. I watched him in the tournament. His jump shot isn't good enough to hit consistent tough shots night in, night out. It is kind of low, but the dude's dead eye. The dude's dead eye. Like, yeah. I get it. I, it is low, but I've never really worried too much about that, to be fair, though. Like, LaMelo's shot is low. No, you know, I'm talking he, about, like, I don't think his shot is just good enough to hit contested. Because, like, what you're talking about. from three. You're t- but how much that spot up catch and shoot? Like, his inability to create separation. You were referencing this morning against Pete Nance. That's problematic. So, so if you look at if you look at North Carolina, film, just no, seriously, this is all off off of tape. Right. Like I'm, I'm not, I promise, I'm not just trying to do this because uh, I'm gonna pick skewed and then I'm gonna fabricate some stuff. Like with Brandon, if you watch the the game against North Carolina, he had a billion points, right? Like did he, he I thought he was pretty good in that. Or, yeah, oh. did, wasn't that a special performance I mean, from him? You also played like four overtimes. The numbers are going to be inflated. Well, oh, well, fair, but he's still God. good. No, I'm I'm saying he was awesome, right? He had a great <laughs> year. Wes is so mad. <laughs> I know. Y'all just trying to anything. He scored 63 points, but he played 54 minutes and took 27 <laughs> shots. It's anything out, we it, come it, up with, it's going to get debunked. It sounds like Wes talking about Kate Klubnik and Jordan Travis. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. No, I bring stats and facts to the table. But no, I I'm bringing tape review to you the guys table. Coming with caveats. Look at his film against North Carolina, right? Okay. Like I just I did that game actually. I got the highlights for that game. Okay, so yeah. I think in some of the highlights, you'll go back and you'll see him not necessarily driving by a lot of the athletes there. For instance, I was watching some highlights earlier and spot up shooting, and then Pete Nance was on him. He wasn't able to get by Pete Nance off of the dribble, and he hit a tough shot. I mean, and so I'm going to give him credit for hitting that tough shot. I just think if you're going to put somebody out there on the perimeter. I want you to be able to gain some separation. He's got good vision, for sure. All right, so we're talking about his flaws. What are Scoot's flaws? It's shooting right now. It, That's catch, a big one. Catch catch and shoot numbers are good for him right now. Like, it's small samples, so you can, you know, kind of throw that in the trash if you want to. Like, I'll, I'll hear that. I just think the shooting for Scoot right now, and he's, and he's a shorter player. This is the reason why a lot of people favor Brandon is because he's 6'8", 6'9", and Scoot Henderson is 6'2". I get it. I do think that we can look at backcourt pairings that have worked out for good teams before. 
people at TFB just wrote in, isn't this kind of what you envisioned when we were all in on trying to get Donovan Mitchell? Yeah, it is. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, athlete in the backcourt, struggled shooting at the beginning, but but it was actually, you know, actually better than I, th- I thought it was going to be and has turned into a, a good three-point shooter. But that's the kind of guy, right? Athleticism. Defensively, we've seen Donovan just get worked in the postseason. So that's still a real problem for him. And honestly, Wes, we can go back to a team that actually got to the NBA Finals with the two backcourt players being their best players, and we can go to Phoenix. Chris Paul, when they made that trade, putting him alongside a Devin Booker, right? that was the team that got to the NBA Finals, got beat because you're talking about a two-time MVP. But that's a more traditional backcourt, though. Devin Booker's a traditional two. CP's a traditional as it gets one. But what you're saying, Scoot's more a point guard and Melo's I mean, by size, by definition of size, you're talking about you're still going to be at a well, disadvantage. No, but I'm saying, but with Scoot in there at 6'2", you're going to be at a disadvantage defensively because you have LaMelo that can't play defense that well. And then you talk about Scoot, even if he is a dog defensively at 6'2", teams can still create matchup advantages on him because of the lack of size. Yeah, but if Dennis Smith Jr. is out here having crazy great defense t- uh, film this year at being smaller, Chris Paul is one of the better right, defenders but, in I his mean, prime. Dennis Smith's not a star. I mean, he's not different. But Chris, well, like, he's not a guy you're talking about a championship piece. Fair. Let's go to Chris Paul during his prime. Okay. One of the best defenders was making all NBA defensive teams constantly. Mm-hmm. Dude short. Well, right, but he was the point guard. There wasn't two point guards on his team. He played besides traditional Smart. two guards. Marcus Smart, was a def- uh, Marcus Smart is a guy that won defensive player of the year. But no, if we're talking about like size affecting your defense – these are the examples that I'm bringing to the table as to why you can still be very good defensively no, but I'm just being saying, smaller. When you talked about the example you brought up with Phoenix, like that's a traditional backcourt. Like when you talk about position basketball, you have the six 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 seven two guard that Devin can Booker. score and do those things. And then you have Chris Paul that's the traditional two guard. I'm talking about a backcourt with the Lamelo that's the six seven point guard by trade. And then you're talking Scoot Mitchell, Scoot Henderson that is a – Six-two point guard that will have to masquerade as playing a little bit of both, playing beside Lamelo, and we don't see many backcourts like that that are successful. Well, yeah, Devin Booker's six-five, so the combined height well, of yeah, both of these guys are taller. Size. I mean, okay, but so uh, yeah, three inches taller. Like and that's a regular two. Like, like that's a regular NBA backcourt, CP and Booker. That's a that's a traditional position basketball backcourt. I'm confused why we care about the height so much if the height combined is actually better for Charlotte than it is for Phoenix. Because your two guards are going to be 6'2", and so it then is going to make a off. difference. So then put LaMelo off ball in some of those situations. In some situations, sure, but... Went a lot. Just by just having a starting backcourt of a 6'7 point guard by trade and a 6'2 combo guard, that's going to hurt you defensively on a lot of nights. That's all I'm saying. If... But not if you're a good defender. This is what I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I don't put as much, st- I think we've seen plenty of examples of awesome defenders at 6'2", especially if you have somebody at 6'7". Because when we talk about, yeah, like, I'm not saying he can't defend. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just, yeah, I'm confused. But, but that's a weird backcourt to have two point guards by trade. Like, what's the last team we've seen with that that's had two point guards by trade? Devin Booker. We just talked about how Phoenix might even be better with old Chris Paul off the floor because mm-hmm. Devin Booker was running point crazy well. Right, but he's not a point guard. But he was in that series that Chris Paul didn't a play. Series, but he's not a point guard. Devin Booker is a true shooting guard. But oh, 
I'm conf- yeah. What I just I guess I'm I don't get the point. Lamelo and Scoot would be a non-traditional backcourt. Yeah, I it, it would. Yeah, I guess. It's like he and Terry are kind of a non-traditional backcourt. Well, it's just more they're just a smaller backcourt than yeah. it's, you know because because well, of Terry. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess Wolfpack James is saying you're saying Melo can't guard the two. It, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I, I would don't have any problem w- with the the short guys, right? Like we can go to Portland, who did get to a Western Conference Finals with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum as the starting backcourt, with also not a whole lot of front court help, right? Like that was clearly the two that was driving their ability to get further into the NBA That's playoffs. A good example. Yeah, and so, and that's exactly what somebody wrote here. And this was the idea when trading for Donovan. I guess that would have been the same thing, right? Donovan probably is like, what, 6'4", six, 6'3", six, maybe? Is he 6'5"? Either way, you know, that's kind of splitting hairs. I, I don't necessarily care about the, oh, 6'1". Goodness gracious, I gave him a lot more inches. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell is 6'1". So when people were asking to go all in on Donovan, it would have been actually shorter if you look at Donovan Mitchell's height being 6'1", pairing him alongside LaMelo Ball. 704-570-9610. Yeah, that's, uh, tell us your thoughts. Uh, Mooresville Brad said, great segment. Walker's flustered. Yeah, honestly, I was. I didn't know what to do with some of that. Uh, Joe Gibbs Jr. said, uh, break down the roster if you added either one and would be on the team coming off of the bench. Melo, Terry, Brandon Miller, yeah, like maybe that's something we can get to later on. We now, can... Donovan Mitch is a good example you bring up. Yeah. That's a good example. Yeah, short guy. All right, here's another short guy, Fitty, with a flash. <laughs> what you got it's for us, Fitty? Right Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fitty. Wow. All right, guys, now that we're done arguing for a little bit, I do have a, uh, a message I want to relay to a certain someone in the building, but I'm going to use a Walker Mail soundbite to do just that. Happy birthday to <laughs> you. It's my boy's Flounder's 27th birthday. Hey, happy birthday, Flounder. Happy birthday to my lifelong best friend. Now to the important stuff. It was another great night for Charlotte FC as behind the brace of Brandon Cambridge, the crown took down the Chicago Fire 2-1 to one and now have won three straight in MLS competition, four uh, in a row in all comps. And I sent out a tweet with the photo y'all took yesterday. More importantly, they remain undefeated since Jessica Charman made her show debut 2-0 and in the MLS. They advanced in the U.S. Open Cup. She got her stuffed soccer ball and her stuffed rugby ball yesterday. We're going to get some British candies next week as we enjoy this run of success right now for the crown. I'm excited about it. We've heard great things. People writing in the text line how excited they are or how excited they get when they actually get some English candy. So I'm expecting big things. Are you expecting good things from across yeah, the pond? Yeah, no doubt. And I hate I forgot the names that she gave the uh, the plush ball. I, I remember Whirly Curly. I remember that. Isn't there a whirly curly something yes, yes, like that? Yes, but the name that she gave to the stuffed uh, balls that we gave. Oh, it's Freddie the Footy. Okay, Freddie the and Footy. And I think it was Rufus the Rugby Ball. That is correct. I Damn. think that's right. Yeah. So have, have all of our balls been named? No. I don't know. Pause. All what right, about that'll... Terrence the tennis ball. <laughs> I like Terrence. <laughs> Terrence the tennis ball. All right, we name more stuffed animals and continue undrafted. My name is next on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
Justin Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ, the birthday boy, walking in the Planet Kia Studios. Big Flound, 27 years old. It's funny, we were filming, you can go check out uh, Wes's video. How old is Shroppy? Shroppy, is that, is that right? And he's just living the life, Wes. Feels like he's just living the life playing, what, Grand Theft Auto? Grand Theft Auto when he <laughs> goes home, man, I remember those days, man, just... <laughs> Putting a, 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 a album on and just playing video games all day long. Were you a what? Vice City guy? No, I, I never played those games, man. I was just a strictly sports games. I'd be playing my college football or my Madden, NBA Live, something like that. The closest I got to uh, violent games like that was uh, Def Jam. I had a few of the Def Jam Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Def Jam games. I remember my buddies would bring the game over and uh, they would pick Snoop Dogg all the time. Snoop Dogg was tough, and I would get DMX destroyed. DMX was the best, though. I lost every time. I mean, I got destroyed. Yeah, I was pretty good. I would pick Method Man. But yeah. then when Fight for New York came out, they had the story mode. That story right. mode was off the Did game. you play in the subway? Yeah, man, and you could buy. You could buy. My favorite thing, too, was you could dress up the character that you created, so you could buy jewelry. Every time you beat a rapper, you got their, You could get their chain. <laughs> you could buy jewelry, That's a great buy game. Jordans, buy clothes. My guy was fresh, and I used to be out there whooping the brakes off. Uh, I, that game is amazing. That is fantastic. Yeah, Fight for New York was great. The cut scenes. All right, we only have a couple more undrafted segments to go. Uh, let's kick it off right now with a couple of people you at least might know their fathers. Hit it fitting. They are the long shots. They are the underdogs. They are undrafted. My name is My name is My name is All right, Wes, you tell us who you got in uh, the dwindling down segments that is one drafted. Well, undrafted. you might have heard from this guy, one of my favorite players. He also played for my favorite team as well, but was a monster with the Panthers. I'm talking about Gavin Green, son of Kevin Green. He goes 5'11", 243 pounds, defensive lineman, linebacker out of Southern Miss and Mississippi College. Not the fastest guy that you want to see out there on the football field. 5.01, 40-yard dash. He did do 23 bench press reps uh, on the bench in the combine. He had kind of a weird career when you talk about what happened with him. In 2021, he had 31 tackles and a tackle for loss and a half a sack with Mississippi College. In 2019, he had 19 tackles in 10 games, two going for loss. Now, you wonder why I didn't say 2020. Well, that was the pandemic year. 2020 season at Southern Miss was wiped out. So for him, like I said, he's still kind of fresh as far as the mileage, and he didn't play a ton of college football. The stats aren't going to blow you away, but the bloodlines, I guess, will give you a little bit of a incentive, a little bit of an incentive to mm-hmm. kick the tires on him and see what you may be able to get out of there. But as far as his chances of making the team, I'm going to go milk status, man. I'm going to give him 2%. (laughs) Milk. Um, I love that, and I want to incorporate that somehow. Milk status or not. Milk Um, status, baby. (laughs) That's that's fantastic. Um, I've got Austin Prohl, a different son of a former Panther. Ricky Prohl was came awake. Yeah. Uh, well, Austin Prohl did a pretty good job at North Carolina. If you look at his college stats, last right. time he played with the Heels, it was in 2017. His senior year wasn't all that productive. Only 337 yards. Did have 600 yards the year prior. And a lot of the reason why he didn't produce his senior year was that he was injured. Only played six of those games in 2017. But listen to this. I mean, you're talking about somebody... Here we're talking about undrafted, right? Introducing everyone to you. 
This guy started college almost a decade ago. 2014 wow. was the first year that he played in North Carolina. When you saw this guy work out for Carolina, Fitty, being the Carolina fan that you are, the North Carolina fan, were you like, wait, what year is it? Because <laughs> this is someone that is a little bit older than some of these other undrafted guys. Yeah, no, he definitely is. But, you know, it would be fun to see him carve out a role on the roster if he were to make a practice squad because – I mean, everything in college, like he earned, like he was one of those types of guys. He had a famous last name, but I mean, he did a lot of because he just made himself into a really good football player. Yeah. So if you look at his NFL career in in 2021, he signed on with San Francisco. He played for the Seattle Dragons in the XFL for a while. So, I mean, he's played for a lot of different teams, just as trying to sign futures contracts, trying to make it to the practice squad. So here are all the teams he's been affiliated with at some point in his professional career. Buffalo, Tennessee, the L.A. Rams going to the XFL and playing with the Seattle Dragons coming back with San Francisco on a reserve future contract. The L.A. Chargers, Buffalo Bills, a second stint, the New York Giants, St. Louis Battlehawks, and now the Carolina Panthers. So he's been bouncing around quite a bit. He had a decent year in the XFL this year. Yeah, awesome pro, decent uh, receiver. Um coming out of St. Louis this past season in the XFL. What do you make of Austin Prohl's status? Is it milk status or is it better? <laughs> um, Yeah, man, I'm going to go around milk status for him as well, man, because you're talking about a guy who's seasoned in the game, man, but you got to give him credit for continuing to fight for his career. But receiver is just so hard. As I said, that's got to be one of the hardest positions to make. There's so many good ones, so many talented ones. I mean, as an undrafted guy or a guy that's coming in on a free agent tryout, you've got to be spectacular to make the team. Like the guy my 49 er signed out of East Carolina. Who's that? Oh, man, on that. <laughs> all right. No, you, you brought it up. I thought you were going to talk about it. Hold on. I'll find it. it. Just That's keep right. talking for a second. All right. Well, we got to go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and bring Colin Hoggard to the conversation, helping us out as a station. Colin, how are you doing, man? Doing well, guys. Down here at the Radio 1 Charlotte Job and Recruitment Fair. We got about an hour left here at Bojangles College. So how many uh, future employees have you met so far or potential future employees? I've been looking for replacements for the midday, but other than that, not too many. <laughs> Fitty, I think that's, that's you. <laughs> I think that's you. I don't think he's talking about the co-hosts. I think he might be talking about the producers. What other kind of information can you give people out there that might want to go visit you at your booth with an hour left? Yeah, well, we're right between the Bojangles Coliseum and ovens, um, the Ovens Auditorium. Come by. we got about 35 different employers from around the area looking for different types of people. If you're trying to get started in customer service, or maybe you're a master tech. We got Woody's here that, that, that's ready to talk to you about stuff like that. We've got CMS schools here. They're looking for everything from maintenance people to cafeteria workers to nutrition experts to, of course, teachers. We've got CATS, the Charlotte Area Transit System. Folks here just got done talking with Alvin. They're looking for rail car technicians. Got to be proficient in electrical systems, maintenance. But that that kind of position right there comes with sign-on bonuses and, and incentives. Um, as well, they're also looking for rail controllers. And if you don't can't make it out today, particularly for the cats folks, uh, make sure you stop by their website, joincats.org. Lots of positions for lots of different people, and we've had hundreds of people rolling through. It's been a good good afternoon so far. All right, so you have an hour left. Again, there is some information you can find out if you can't make it out today, but there is an hour left to go see Colin. Can you tell again the destination people can go to real quickly? We're in the middle of the Bowflex Inter- Entertainment Complex. You'll see the group of cars. There's a bunch of tents out front. Um, so 
you should be able to find your way down here and lots of people, lots of good snacks as well. Uh, just as a <laughs> side note. So, you know, good reasons to stop by for sure. Uh, maybe a job at a snack. That's a fantastic reason to go, uh, go That's meet. That's a good way to spend a day. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Kyle, we appreciate you calling in, man. Thanks again. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too. All right, Wes, what was the uh, receiver? It's, uh, Isaiah Winstead, 6'4", 210 pounds out of East Carolina, had 88 catches and over 1,100 yards last season, six touchdowns, two of them in the bowl game. So look for him to be the next Jerry Rice. All right, already looks better than any other <laughs> skill position player San Francisco employs. There was one skill position player for San Francisco, talking, interestingly yeah, so, about yeah, a move yeah. from Carolina out West. We'll get to that later on in the show. It is the second hour of the 1 o'clock hour. Coming up next on Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.